Getting started, yesterday was Daf Kav Ches, today is Kav Tes, and um, we are going to start our review um, at the bottom of the page on Daf Chav Zayin Amir Beis. We are learning Le'ilu Yenishmas from Bashmol Shimon, Meir Nesham Abnaliyah, as well as Daniel Bernad Baruch Ben, Yudalei Ve'imi, and also Naftali Yosman Chem Nisan Alevi. Also, I have a mind for Shleima. Totally need it. Everyone should be well. Okay. And with that, we started. We starting at the first wide line at the at the bottom of the page on Davchov Zayinam Beis. Rish says that if there is a scrambled uh, shvir, uh, basically, which is the sack that the amniotic sack that holds the baby, um, and it's scrambled with the liquids. So then that has the same halacha as a deceased that is, the, the form is completely also scrambled, basically, and basically we're saying that it's not, go to, not going to convey Tumah. So Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, that's great, but where'd you get that halacha from? I mean, from what's your basis that Meshon is Balbutz Rosso is in fact Tahar? So don't tell me, he says, that you're getting it from Rav Shabtoi, in the name of Yitzchak Magdala, or Rav Yitzchak Magdala, in the name of Shabtoi's Din, which tells us that if there's a dead person whose body is burnt, and the form of the body is still no, is still intact, meaning it's correct shape, just burnt. But so, does that mean his, his bone system itself? That's what this means. Is that correct? Or is, or is, is, the, Rashi says, Gufo Kayim. Gufo, okay. which, which we'll, we'll define it soon. Okay, okay. We, we have, we have okay. a few possibilities of what that means. Okay. He was burnt to death, but yes. Goof, but the goof is there. The gone. It's, the, the point is, is that the shape of the body is still, is still okay. intact, fully intact. Okay. Anyway, so um, it says that it's tummy, and there's a story that they brought down, that, they were, that all the wide openings, the larger openings, were also tummy when the, there was the, such a burnt body in a room, mm-hmm. but all the psachim ketanim were tohor. <coughs> and you were saying, look, you notice that we only talked about Meshin Yisrael Shildu Kayemes, but if it's not Shildu Kayemes, then we're saying that it's not going to be the case. Obviously, if it's burnt and it lost <coughs> its form, so anything that loses its form is what your is is the logic that Rav Yochanan is suggesting. Rishlakish must be meaning. Um, is not conveying Toma. And that's what he's saying. Is that where you got it from? If that's where you got it from, you got a problem. Why? Because that, you could say the opposite. You said maybe the other way is what it's saying. Saying when it's Shildukayim, then it's only going to be the Tameh, the Pesachim, but the Pesach, and the Pesachim, not, because it's you, the idea is that you're going to want to maintain the full body in its, in its current state, in its correct state. As opposed to um, if it's already lost its form, it still conveys Tumah, but even the doorways that are small is also a viable exit, and if it's a viable exit, then it's also going to be Tumah under those doorways. Because you could take it out limb by limb, which also <laughs> will convey Tumah under, under those doorways. So that is the, um, so therefore, basically your proof to that idea is, is not there. So um, Ravina said to Ravashi that actually Rabbi Yochanan is uh, holding like Rabbi Yezer, because uh, talks about the ashes of a burnt, burnt, burnt people, and Rebbe Lezer says there's a shear for that, the shear is, is Rova, meaning even though the ashes are completely in ash form and it's not lost all of its shape 
it's still going to be um, conveying Tuma, that she does Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Yochanan must hold like Rabbi Yezer. Obviously, we're saying Rish Lakish argues on that. Okay, so the question is, what is simply the case, just to understand the case that we're bringing down, of Meis, Shinisra, Vishilduka, Emes, what is that, how is that manifest? So, Abayi suggests... Meis, Shinisra, Betchabu, no. What? What is your question? English. What's your question? A fetus that is burned. No, we're talking about not a fetus. We're talking about a regular, fully grown human, and it's burnt, and the body is burnt. Is it still conveying tuma? So, according to Reish Lakish, it only is conveying tuma because it still has the form of a human. But once it's ash and it lost its form, it doesn't convey tuma. And on that basis, he said his halacha that therefore, if there's a fetus that's in liquid that's somewhere that's been that's been scrambled in the liquid that it, in the amniotic sac, it lost its form. It's not conveying tuma anymore. That's the principle. That's the comparison that he's making. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Rabbi Yochanan says it's simply not true. Okay, in, in that case, as well as over here, it's still going to convey tuma. Now. What does it mean that a body got burnt, but it still maintained its form? How did that happen? If it's burnt, it should have lost its form. The answer is one of two ways. Um, in Abaye and Rava, Abaye says that it was burnt on top of what's called a katabla, which is a piece of leather that's, that's been processed in such a way that, it's in, that it doesn't allow itself to get burnt. Okay, cured leather that's hard to burn, whatever. So the body is ready been burnt, but it's maintaining the shape of the body, even though the body is fully burnt. And Rabbi says it was burnt on top of um, a, a, a marble. Again, the same idea. These are things that are not burning. The body does burn, but it's maintaining or keeping the shape of the body in its place. Okay. Ravina offers another idea that we're not talking about that far burnt that it's mamish ash. Talking about where the body is charred, basically, but that maintains the, the form. Okay. Anyway, that's the end of that discussion. Brings us to the next topic, um, which is, uh, we talked about in the Mishnah, we talked about earlier, that I think it was, where was it? Uh, anyway, but uh, the idea is, is that we had it in the, in the Mishnah, we had the Gemara earlier, that if somebody has a woman has a miscarriage of a, of a hand or foot, so we say the mother's to later because we always assume <coughs> that if there's a full-formed hand or a full-formed foot, that's an indicator that the, there was a full-formed body. And we don't assume that the body that it was attached to was unformed fully and therefore not conveying tumor. That's the basic idea. <coughs> so Rav Chizda and Rabbi Barfuna, they both say that, we, that although that is true, we can't give you the full-fledged benefits of the Leda, which is the Yimei Tohar, and that's because we just are seeing the hand now. We don't know when the majority of this uh, body was born. could have been a number of days ago, and therefore there's no benefit of the Yimei Tohar. Again, even though normally, if you're not sure whether it's male or female, you'd be 14 days of Toma, because maybe it's a female, and then you have up to the rest of the 33 days, of meaning an additional 26 days of Tahara, and then after that, any blood they used, that the woman would see, would, she, she would be tummy. That's the norm. But over here, you can't do that because you don't know when the birth date was. Because maybe you only caught the hand. Maybe the birth date was a number of days ago, and we just have no information. It came out in pieces. 
And when the majority comes out, that's the real birthday. So therefore, it's, since it's completely unknown, you're going to have to worry about that. Okay. Why, the question is, why do we take the, why do we assume that the born, I mean, that the scramble, even though they have a head, why do we take the timing of, a, of the... No, no, first of, of all, the scram- we're finished with the scrambling. That we I mean, done. even though we're, we're thinking, uh, we're deciding, I mean, the Gemara is deciding that we have to wait the time for a, a, a Zahar, not for the time of the Mikeva, right? Because it's stricter. Because we, we don't know whether it was male or female. It's one or the other. We take both strings or the stricter. So we take the stringencies of both. The stringencies of both is basically giving, instead of seven days of, tum, of Tumah, making it 14, like a female, okay. and instead of 66 days of Tahara, only 33 days of Tara. But that's, that's only 33 from the 7, so therefore you have to subtract 7, which comes out to 26. So basically, you'd have 14 days of Tumah, 26 days of Tara, that's what normally would be. But that's only if we know when the birthday is, but when the day of the birth is. Birth is. But over here, where it could be that this is, the birthday was some days before, so then even the Metar we cannot give. Okay. That's the idea. So, based on that principle of Hirchiko Leidasa, that's what he's saying, that we're afraid that maybe the birth was at some point in time earlier. So, if Yosef asks the question, he says that we have a halacha of a mapelas that we're not sure what, and she doesn't know what she was mapil. She has to be Teshev Lezachar Lenekeve. Now, according to you, if there's a potentiality of Hirchiko uh, Leidasa, that, you know, look, you don't know what came out when, when, when just now. Maybe most of the, the, the body had come out earlier. So then you should say, you have to sit Lezachar Lenekeve Ulanida, because you have to be, you can't give you Meitar. So the Gemara says, you're right. And, but we couldn't mention Lenida, because that would mean that we, we have a concern that maybe it's not a real birth. And, uh, and therefore, when you bring a carbon, you bring it, but you don't need it. So we understand, no, 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 we know for a fact that there's a birth over here. The only question is, is when did that birth happen? Mm-hmm. And therefore, we don't want to mention Ulanida, even though it is true that we are going to not give you Meitar because we don't know when the late really actually is occurring. But at least it's, it, it, but, but we want you to make sure that you're aware that when you bring the carbon, you actually can eat that carbon. Okay. Next, so Rav Huna says, if a, if, if, an, if a fetus sticks out its hands and pulls it back, so the mother's already to Meleda, and we quoted a pasuk from uh, Zerach. Zerach stuck his hand out and then pulled it back in, and they considered it a Lidita, because it says, So you see that even just the hand coming out is already considered a Lidita. problem with this is, Rav Huna says, it brings a quote from a Brisa that if a, a fetus puts out its hand and then uh, and then pulls it back in, the mother does not consider that anything. It's which uh, so what's the deal? So Rav Nachman says, "You're right, Rav Huna. Uh, I heard an explanation that we're only saying that it's a chash of a leida, but of course we're not going to say that it's the full leida because." We cannot give you a Yimei because maybe the late is happening at a different point. Fine. 
So the Gemara says, because uh, uh, the Yimei Tar is only when most of the body comes out. <laughs> the problem with that is that it does not fit into the text. The text says, Ein imo which means that it has nothing to do with the birth. It just stuck its hand out, waved hello, went back in. It's nothing. It's as if nothing happened. So the Gemara says, you're right, that's Minatora. We're talking Midrabanon when we said that. Even though we quoted a Pasuk, the Pasuk is only in a Smachta, it's not the true Drasha. The real uh, fact of the matter is, is that a, a leda of a, a hand is not really a leda, but midra banan, since something came out, we treat it as if it's a leda rabbinically only. Okay. Which took us to the next Mishnah, which is talking about a, uh, uh, a woman who has a miscarriage of a tumtum or a jorgenus, which are people of questionable gender. Tumtum is where, the, where it's covered over in the private parts so with a layer of flesh, so you can't see what it is. Androgynous is where there's both signs of both male and female. And uh, they, they, because of that doubt, the Allah is Teshem the Zachar the which basically means, like I said, you can only give, four, you give 14 days of Tumah in the beginning, and then only an additional 26 days of Tahara, where it's Yimei Tohar, and nothing more. That's if it's a Tumtum or an Androgynous. What if it's a Tumtum and a male, or a Androgynous and a male? Then it's again Zachar and Nekeva, because we're still Choshesh that maybe the Tumtum Jogunis has a lachic status like a female. What if it's a Tumtum and a Nekeva or a Jogunis and a Nekeva? Twins. So then it's then then all you have to worry about is the Nekeva, because the Zachar is completely swallowed in. Basically, its time frame is completely swallowed by the uh, Nekeva's time frame, and therefore the person will have 14 days of Tumma plus an additional 66 days of Tahara, this woman. What if the body comes out cut up or comes breached, meaning feet first? So once the majority comes out, that's called birth. That's the moment of birth. What if it comes out regular uh, birth? So then you need Rov Rosho. And what's Rov Rosho? The forehead. That's the idea. So the question is this. Why would the Mishnah need to talk about a case of Tumtum and Zohar, or Androgynous and Zohar? If tumtum alone is already like the zachar ulanikeva, so then why would we need to say that if there was a zachar born along with it, that it's also the zachar ulanikeva? So the Gemara explains that the reason why there's an extra chiddush in that is because being the Rav Yitzchak said an interesting fact, which is basically that if a woman climaxes first, then that's an indicator that the that the child will be a boy. If and if uh, the man climaxes first, that's an indicator that the that the child will be a female. So once we see that the other offspring that's not the Tumtumajogunis is male, so maybe we would be allowed to say that probably that's also male, because that's probably what happened, is that he, that she climaxed first. So Gemara says that's not in a sufficient proof, because it's possible that they both climax at the same time. And then, all pets are off, it could be both male or female, and therefore even though halakhically we consider, I mean, clearly we have a male with, but maybe the other one's a female and still just as likely, and therefore we still have to sit Zachar and Nekeva. Okay. Rav Nachman says the name of Rav, an interesting Allah. This Tumtum Androgynous that sees a discharge of, that's the, of a white discharge or a red discharge, so they're going to have a Din Tumum Misafik, out of doubt, but uh, we would not be Chayev, a Korban, for Bias Mikdash because it's a doubt. But as far as um, um, and what about and, and burning truma? Also, you can't burn the truma because it's a doubt. We're not sure whether we consider them male or female. So, white discharge is again only a tummy if 
it's a male. Uh, if this uh, if this androgynous person is considered male, and a red discharge is only uh, relevant if it, uh, if uh, if the androgynous would be considered a female. What if they're both white and red? What if they have a double discharge of white and red? So now, whatever status they are, it should be considered a tome. Nevertheless, says Rav, they're not going to be tome tomas. Uh, they're not going to be chayev for bias migdash. But as far as the truma goes, we would be able to burn the truma. That's the idea. Where's the basis for Rav's halacha? He quotes a, a source in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Mizachar ad nekeva, from male to female, from one to the other. So what does that tell you? That it means Zachar Vadai and Ekeva Vadas are being sent from the camp and not the Tumter and Shogunus, which are Bisafik. So we thought we had a nice... Okay, so that's the statement of Nachman in the name of Rav. Comes along the Gemara and says, I have a good proof or support to Rav's Halacha. Because the halacha is stating explicitly a tumtum androgynous that sees loben or odem, meaning white or red, not both. Mm-hmm. So then there's no chiyobias migdash, and we don't burn the truma. But if they see white and red both, ka'achas, so then they're not going to be chayv for bias migdash, but we still will burn the truma. Isn't that because they uh, that we're, it must be the drasha that Rav introduced us to of mizachar and the keva, which is only zacharbat and the keva vados, which excludes the tumtum androgynous. That's what we thought. We had a nice proof, because otherwise, what else would could be the reason? Comes along the Gemara and says, Raula says, not necessarily true. It's possible that the reason why you're not chayv for bias mikdash is because of the shita of Rebbe Liezer, and it's following the shita of Rebbe Liezer, which is he quotes a pasuk hasheretz v'neelam that you need to be helem sheretz, which means you that the person became tamei, let's say by contact with one of the eight shratzim. And then after it became Tameh, the Allah is, is that uh, if he forgets that he is Tameh, and then he walks to the base of Migdash, there's a special carbon that he needs to bring. Okay, that's the, that's the carbon of uh, Asham uh, that you bring for, for inadvertent entering into the base of Migdash when you're Tameh. Not, you have to have forgotten that you're Tameh. Not if you, and not if you remember that you're Tameh, but you forgot that this is the area of the Migdash. That does that. You doesn't. This halacha would not apply. That's what Rebbe Yehuda's drasha was. Rebbe Kiva says almost identical drasha. He says that it says the word tame. Ve, uh, uh, so Rebbe Kiva says it says mimenu vihu tame. Which what is it that you forgot? You forgot that you are tame. But you are, if you remember that you if you if you at one point you knew you were tame and now you forgot that you're tame. That's the helam tuma yerchayev, not a helam mikdash. Which sounds identical. What's the difference between Rebbe Yezer and Rebbe Kiva? The difference is if you need to know with what means did you get your Toma. According to Rebbe Yezer, it says Hasheretz, that's an example of what you were Metami with. And therefore, an example would be the, the practical difference would be if, let's say, a person touched either a, uh, a Sheretz that, uh, that's Metame or a Nevela that's Metame, and he's not sure which thing he touched, but he knows he touched one of the two. He stuck his hand in a box, and they're both in the box, and he doesn't know, can't, could not feel which one was the one that he touched. And uh, but he knows for a fact that he's Tame. So according to Rabbi Kiva, if that person would afterwards forget and walk into the base of English, he'll be Chayev a carbon a carbon for that. But according to Rabbi Yezer, you have to first know what. Is it that made me tummy? So the same thing over here with this androgynous person. Although he saw both white and red, but he certainly cannot say for certain 
he can't say for sure what is it that's making him tummy. Um, is it the white or the red? He doesn't know because he's not sure how to define himself. And that's the point, is that this quote is not necessarily a raya to Rav, and that is, uh, <coughs> that was that, that discussion. Okay. So the Gemara is bothered, is that uh, if, if we're making this drasha according to Rav, let's go with Rav on this, on making the drasha. Why is it that we only apply this drasha to Bias Migdash, and we don't apply it to the burning of the Truma? As far as that goes, we're ready to literally burn the Truma and not worry about it. Why? Because he's either way for sure tummy. Why is why uh, why not also say the drasha? Because it also mentions by the truma zachar and zachar zachar mentions again zachar and nekeva, which should mean zachar vade nekeva vadas, and not this tumtumenadrogonus, which is of questionable gender. So the Gemara says that that zachar nekeva over there by truma is utilized already for something else, for the drush of Yitzchak, which tells us that Lezachar is Marbe, the Mitzorah's uh, bodily fluids, and the Nekeva is Marbe, the Mitzorah's is bodily fluids, and that's why we wanted to, we needed to mention Zachar Nekeva to tell you other examples of Tumah. Okay, so, fine. So the Gemara says, if that's true over there, don't we need the word Zachar Nekeva by the Parsha of of the uh, by by our case of entering the mingdash because it also teaches us something where that because we learned that it's only when there's things that have tired the mikvah is subject to this prohibition of bringing it to the base of mingdash as opposed to when it's tummy as opposed to something that has no tired the mikvah like a klicheres that's excluded and we learned that from the mention of zachar and akeva because zachar and akeva are examples of something that can go to the mikvah and become pure. So the Gemara says, if that was just what it was trying to teach us, it could have just said a generic Adam. Why say Zachar and Nekeva only to exclude uh, what's not a definite Zachar or Nekeva? Okay. So the Gemara says, Adam would also not be good, because if we say Adam, I might think that's only Adam and not even a metal vessel. Gemara says, but that we know already that it's even including a metal vessel from another pasuk, because it says, Mikol Tamei Lenefesh. Whatever is Tamei Lenefesh includes even utensils that have Tyre B'mikvah, which would include metal utensils. So what the Zohar Nekeva is superfluous, and that's the idea. So the Gemara says that's beautiful, but now... We have a different question. Maybe the whole drush is only coming to tell us Rav's din to exclude a tumtum and a drogonus from the B.S. Mikdash. But, um, um, and, and, not, and nothing is available to tell you that Kli uh, is not subject to the law of B.S. Mikdash. So the Gemara says that, uh, no, why does it say, it could have just said Zachar Unikeva. Why does it say Mizachar Ve'adnekeva? That's coming to tell you only things that have Tarbim Mikvah. So there's an extra line here. If that's true, so then maybe the Pasuk is excluding any Toma of a Zah, uh, any Toma of a Tumtum and a Drogonus, regardless of how they're Tame, they should not be Chaya for B.S. Mikdash. And that we know is not the case. So the Gemara says, when it says, Mizachar, it's Toma HaMufureshes Min HaZachar, HaPureshes Min HaZachar, meaning a discharge that makes a, that's male, and, and, uh, and that's the basis. So the Gemara is bothered. That uh, the Gemara left off. Uh, we left off the Gemara with a question: Is that is it true that any time it says Zachar and Nekeva, it's coming to exclude Tumtum and Ajogenis? Because it does not seem to be the case when it comes to Erechin. Because in Hilchas Erechin, 
we needed the extra hay to tell you hazachar that a that a androgynous person is not chayv um, for erech and is not, cannot obligate himself in any erech, not for a man and not for a woman. Okay, and it's but that's only from the extra hay. But it sounds like without that extra hay, I wouldn't have been able to make this drasha. So the Gemara says you're right, and that's because we needed the zachar and the kevet to tell you that there's a difference depending on the gender. If you're male, then you pay one one amount for the erech. If you're female, you pay another amount, and that's remaining. Uh, that that that's necessary. So the only way to exclude the androgynous person is with the extra hay or something extra to be able to exclude it out. And that is uh, where we left off yesterday. And...